0: The following episode is brought to you by Poison City Brewing, proud makers of Durban Poison Cannabis Lager, the beer that invites you to live your poison.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, cool. All right, six. So uh,
0: who, am I, who am I chatting to today? Because uh, I see here, I think you guys are connecting through one connection. How do, how do I pronounce the name? Bro? Is it J.D.? Haiti,
2: yeah, but this is just another,
0: another computer.
2: So you're talking to Chandra, Emil, and Rudolf.
0: Okay, cool. Now that's 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 sick, man. That's dope. And obviously, you guys are Devalin. Am I am I pronouncing it correctly?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey,
0: that is that is super. So yeah, basically, I'm I'm super stoked um, that you guys are on the show, and want to thank you for for joining me at this time. And I also want to thank Devo as well for for setting this up. And, you know, I really just want to get this started by finding out, you know, more about the name, uh, because I feel that's one of the most important aspects to people knowing about you guys and the origins of the band. So is this a name that basically came up when you guys first started the band initially, And how did you guys sort of come up with it?
3: Yeah, so um, I I thought when we started the project, in a town called Bussum, and then I thought, like, what is more rock and roll than the road that drives through the light district in Amsterdam? And uh, that's why uh, that's took the name. It's uh, dirty, it's sexy, it's rock and roll, and it's uh, all-inclusive, so yeah, it, uh, we, I think uh, it's very appropriate, uh, a very appropriate name, and uh, it adds to our sound as well, and what we're going for
0: so would you say like uh, it was breaking up there but and i think it actually is my my connection but i did pick up um the part where you said the netherlands so uh, was the band or rather did the band sort of originate from amsterdam or, or the netherlands or is it more of like a south african thing no it's- no
3: no it's a south african band full on like i i came here when i was very young but uh, i just wanted to pick something um unique and something to go with my heritage and uh, by that time, it was either that or we were going to be called Lightning Viper, which I think uh, <laughs> it's either or.
0: <laughs> oh, that is incredible, man. Lightning Viper. <laughs> but I think, yeah, you know.
3: So, I mean, you're <laughs> I mean, what, what, what better? Yeah. In the middle of my post teen angst. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't be you wouldn't happen to know um the vocalist of a band called fourth Sun south because he also came through from the netherlands actually
3: Really,
0: I didn't know that. Yeah, it's 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 crazy because he's that band is also managed by by Devo as well. But wow, that's that's friggin' cool, man. Tell me a bit. Tell me a bit more. I mean, you came down from from the Netherlands when you were young. I know it's about the band, but just brief history. Just quickly rushing rushing past it. You know, how would you say the the music scene is in the Netherlands compared to here in South Africa? Do you enjoy a bit more that side, or do you enjoy it more this side?
3: I, I do enjoy. Like I'm, I'm I'm a local boy through and through. So I always fly off like, uh, but they—I'd say there's a lot more. The people—they're fanatic about music, like, and and any type of music, like it's it's indoctrinated almost into them that you go and support it from, and not just a young demographic, but the older people as well. They pull through, and they do support music, and it's actually very funny that like when you play there, a lot of the times the seats are broken up so that into three 30-minute sets throughout the night so that people can come and watch you. And if there's another band playing, they can go watch another band and even slip in a third venue if possible as well. So, and every, everyone, everywhere, every time that you're there, that you're promoting not just yourself, but you're promoting the town, you're promoting the town's music. We haven't been there in the, in the summertime in the festival um, circuit, but... Yeah, we're really looking forward to In the winter times, you can really see why the music scene there works is because it's working musos and the people really go out of their way to come and support, whether it's two degrees outside or 16 degrees. That is incredible,
0: man. I really like how you painted a picture there of how the scene was. Like, I felt like, you know, I basically know a bit more about, you know, what's going on in the Netherlands. But obviously, since you guys are based here in South Africa and, um, you know, how do you guys ensure, just looking at the name as well, I feel like you're one of the bands that has been able to nail down, you know, this thing of the name actually matching the kind of look that you guys are going for. I mean, when it comes to your actual presence and, and the look of the band, you know, what, what are you guys or who are you guys sort of inspired by?
3: Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I think a lot of the work goes into Peter. Peter is not here, but he does a lot of the, of the thinking on that front. Um, whereas I think he's, he's just taking all of our personalities and dialing it, um, to 11 and to make it come across and to always keep it authentic. But um, to basically just amp up our personalities and make that shine through and make it unique so that people know as soon as we enter the venue or as soon as we start playing, people can go, oh, oh, that's that, those boys <laughs> from uh, the northern suburbs.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and obviously with the band sort of, you know, coming together, um, I did read up on the on the EPK that uh, Devo had sent through, and it did mention, you know, some some band members changing and all that. But what I want to find out right now is sort of right at the very beginning of all this, you know, the beginning of, of Devalin's journey, you know, how did the initial members actually come together and form this awesome band?
3: <laughs> so, uh, initial members. Okay. So um you won't believe it. Like we were at a party, like, Oh, everyone! Yeah, oh my, I'm making a mess here. Yeah. <laughs> mm. The beer's are this strong. <laughs> um, yeah, it's eleven o'clock. My first beer is spilling. Um, <laughs> let me just wipe off this can and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. So, um, I'm joined by Emil and Rudolf, which is the newest, um, the newest members. But they were actually at this party with us. Band was formed, so we had a massive. Um, extravaganza that they actually, Rudolf co hosted called the Ayoba Festival, mm. and it was at someone's house that charged entry and at a cash bar. It was actually come to think of it way ahead of its time. I think Rudolf could have been a music promoter as well if, uh, in a parallel universe. Yeah. But, um, after this, this, uh, this night, the next morning, me and David were sitting there, and we were like, We're gonna start a fucking rock band, but like, we need we need some pretty boy to come and play guitar. And Rudolf actually suggested oh, getting, getting Peter in to come and play guitar. And uh, by that time, Peter was taking lessons from Rudolf. So um, even from the, from the very start, that's how we got started. Is me, myself, David and Peter writing a couple of tunes. We, we tried to recruit a bass player, but he never pitched. <laughs> and then um, we, we were working at St. Elmo's uh, Pizza at that time. And we had a friend that was the manager, and he actually played the viola. But we were like, a viola's got four strings, a bass got four strings. We will be fine. Like you, he can just play. Uh, he can just play bass. Uh, and off we went onto the gigging circuit. We played an open mic night, and uh, the rest is history.
0: Hey, this is incredible, man. Like, especially the fact that, you know, Rudolph was hosting this Ayoba show. It sounds fucking cool, actually. Um, You know, Emil, Rudolph, I want to find out from you guys, being, you know, members of the band who recently joined, what has your experience been like working with Jandre?
2: Well, I must say, if I can start, Emil talking now. (laughs) So the best part of what Genre just told now is before they started the violin, he was actually doing metal and growling and shit. (laughs) (laughs) So that was quite a funny part from going from like that metal into this awesome rock scene that we're doing now. Mm. And um, yeah, I've I've been following the violin for quite a while. Me and Chandra we were playing together for also quite a few years. We were in music school together and uh, things just didn't go according to plan that time with work and stuff. But yeah, eventually... We got together, yeah. We are, oh, yeah, the two bobbyana. Oh, Bobby yes, like that. <laughs> they must always take chains and and fucking everything, sorry, for that uh day. But they take everything and they must lock us up and then then we have a show. <laughs> 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 so from, from my point of view, it's an awesome, it's an awesome mm. experience to play with these talented guys. And uh, yeah, sure, for many years to come I would
1: just go full on.
2: That's mm. from my side.
1: Mm. It's, kind of, it's kind of funny because uh, we've been friends for let's say at least 15 years yeah. we've like just like we've passed each other in the music industry recorded songs together we made like spoof songs for friends <laughs> Went <together on> <laughs> it was it was just it was always beautiful but never played together and it was one of my one of my stuff that like, i really wanted to do and then eventually this uh, last year mm. it just came together for the first time i had the opportunity to play with these guys and it just felt so natural, just walking in. And it's its not like getting to know somebody new. It's not like, oh, you have to audition for this. And the, you just walk. It's a bunch of friends walked in, played together. It just, child, just worked out. And it was so awesome.
3: Yeah, and I, and I really think that they've, they've brought it back. For, for a long time, me and, me and Peter were worried, because like, it felt, it didn't feel like it, it was the old boys together. When now for the first time in eight years, this feels like this should have been the lineup from the start. And I'm, I can't wait to see where we're going from here.
1: We'll be right back.
0: But you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel mm-hmm. me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. You yeah. know what I mean? So, do. Do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? I mean, yeah,
3: yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm y'all trying, already? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying,
0: I'm trying oh yeah. I'm, trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, yeah. Damn, me, me, look,
2: look, look. We all
0: artists, man. We go. You feel me? We gonna have this like, bro, bro, me. me and my man, like me and my man, Kyle. We be like, I don't know. We play, we play with this, <laughs> this don't shit, right? with shit. I got to
2: lie, We play with this shit right now, for real. I going a lie. Don't play with it. Take that
3: shit serious.
0: Mm. yes that's beautiful i think rudolph there but you mentioned something about making spoof songs for for mates and everyone just cracked up tell me a bit more about that what's like the best one you guys have made
1: we had this friend and he was like head of a head of a tails, um, in love with this one girl and we made the song he was in, in in love with a girl called anemika yeah so he came with the idea and he came with the song and we said let's do this proper let's so he had this he had the whole melody and had the lyrics and everything and i was like Let's make this a project. And we made the song. And basically, the lyrics was just like, just like tuning this guy about Anamika, like this classic Afrikaans, like Darren vibe. And we basically did a song like that. And we thought he was going to be angry and she was going to be angry. And when they listened to it the first time, they were like actually impressed.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that, was, that was props to us. But, but, but what happened is like, they were so smitten that it was, I think, their the second month anniversary. And a big do, and so we thought, how appropriate! We'll write them a song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are incre- Are we able to get any of these anyway? Like, are they out to listen to? Maybe on like Apple Podcast? I mean, well, Apple Music or anything?
3: I think I still got. I think I still got some of it. If we do have, we'll send it through. But uh, if not, I, I still
1: have the original lyrics, so we might re-record. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got the song definitely. I'll send it out, I mean, you can. You, just listen to one like chorus, and you'll get the gist of the.
3: And the, the, there was a bass solo towards the end. There was a a
1: ripper that uh, 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 that Rudolf composed. But it's kind of funny because it's all like me, You can hear it wasn't like. <laughs> it's not by any stretch of the imagination. A professional production, not at all. But but the effort was a hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah. The quality was it wasn't there, but. But if it was there, we have to say that
3: might (laughs) be done these days, and I think we might have a hit on our on our hands.
0: We definitely need to hear that, bro. If you can send it through, send it through, you'll probably like pin it up at the end of this, bro. It'll be (laughs) fucking sick. I wanna I wanna know from you guys, you know, being so experienced, you know, when it comes to making music and having done this for a very long time. Um, this is just an open-ended question, you know. Um, are there any differences, you know, in the music scene here in South Africa? Um, looking at the time when you guys first started getting into it and making music compared to right now in 2021, you know, pandemic aside,
3: you I'm know, are sure. any differences. I'm for sure. Like, I, I, if, if we started two years earlier, I think we, we would have caught that whole car wave. A lot of the big, as, as silly as it might sound, and uh, it might be roast tinted glasses I'm wearing by looking back at it because I've got very fond memories of that. It's like, when MCO was on, and you had campus invasion, and you had venues that, in, at least in all, in all, um, in my experience, it was a, a weekend thing. Like we would go to school during the week, and it was like, "What's happening this weekend?" Oh my word! Like I re- still remember, we went to go and watch FL and football play um, with Brock, um, and this is yeah. Prince Skafia. All that, that sort of things. But it was because. MCAR was pushing a lot of these bands, and it kind of felt legitimate because it was on our TVs. Like, we had DSTV at home. Mm. We could sit over. with. MCO was always playing. And it kind of, I think, even legitimized it to my parents that thought that it was obviously a pipe dream. But, like, when they saw it, it's like, oh, my word, I guess this is on TV. Yeah. And it like, kind of legitified it to a certain extent for them in supporting me doing going forward. Whereas now that we've lost that platform, um, a lot of the thing is just pretty much uh, I, I can't say no, it's the same crowd and they're still, it's, they're still very much alive. But um, I think we are sorely missing that, that platform of it being on television and it's kind of a one-stop shop. If you want to know what's happening in the scene, you just flick onto this and there you go. Whereas now you have to go and Go digging. I think it, it pretty much just went on to how it was before. Divided into little sub scenes. Yeah, Like you've got in, in in Pretoria, there's the Volmer Connection. is up there. You've got the Bones. All, all sorts of rock projects that's happening around there. But if you don't know those guys and you don't know in that area, then you it's very easy to miss it. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people miss out on some incredible music, especially in... Uh, the divide now between north and south, that's growing bigger again. Yeah. Like the the scene in Joburg, we actually don't know what's happening in Joburg or in Pretoria unless you go there and then go see for yourself.
0: That is incredible, man. It, it really, you paint a picture of like, you know, MCAR was basically like this umbrella that sort of unified you know, north and south and, and and everywhere. So it is a pity that it's it's no longer around. You know, it's 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 quite sad. I mean looking at the whole MCAR thing and it being predominantly, you know, had like the, the Afrikaans bands go on there. I remember an, a conversation that I recently had with a band called Zen Garden. Um, who I think are up in Pretoria, and they they they're like Afrikaans speaking, right? Like their mother tongue is Afrikaans, and they were they express themselves on the music that they make is in English as well. And they were saying, you know, the reason why we don't want to do Afrikaans music is because if we express ourselves in Afrikaans, it will sound cheesy, uh, or quick Kurt, Kurt Darren type vibes or whatever. Not that they were bashing it. So I want to know with you guys in terms of you know wh- why. Why do you guys pick, you know, or choose to express yourselves, you know, in English as opposed to, you know, have like full-on Afrikaans?
3: (laughs) They (laughs) got my heart, look my in I think, I think um, it, 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 a lot to me. Like, I'm, I'm a predominantly a songwriter now, although uh, with the addition of um, Ridovia and Emil, I'm looking forward to seeing when we write our next material. Like, where it's going, I write Afrikaans stuff for a, a variety of projects. I work with a guy called Lee Berg, which uh, does a lot of mainstream stuff. So, But for a very long time, I was scared to write in Afrikaans. And um, now that I, I have it, uh, pretty much I've got a very good feeling of what I do in Afrikaans. I'd still prefer to write in English because I think I can express myself a lot better, especially for this project in English. I think I've got a, a, a Uh, better command of uh, um, the English language than I do actually of my mother tongue. Mm. Although it is, I'm working on getting both done, but that's pretty much the reason why, is for a long time we were just uh, uh, pretty much, I was afraid of writing in Afrikaans. and uh, and The English came so naturally that that's the reason why we stuck with that. But um, yeah, you should tell the other band, they should actually give it a bash and see. I think they might also be looking at they, they had some experiences before or people yeah. have told them that this is the case. But um, as an african speaking person myself, I've always suggested people do and go and express themselves in their mother tongue for the sake of the language. Yes. For it to I- continue to grow. And, but it, obviously, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. And I support that 100%. But, um, yeah, at the, the, that's the reason... Um, why we have been doing English just for a very long time, we were scared of writing in Afrikaans.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying, man. Like uh we we, we had another band called Contras on the on the show, and they express themselves in Afrikaans.
3: Oh yeah, um, good good, good of Yeah,
0: yeah. They they make beautiful. Like, I don't understand what they're saying, but it su- sounds sounds fucking beautiful. So I, I completely agree yeah. with what you guys are saying. Um, you know, I I feel like we found out a bit more about the band, we've learned about you know your history, the origins, and whatnot. I think it's time we, we come to the crunch talks, and that is the fact that you guys recently released. Uh, you know, a uh, body of work. So I need you guys to to tell me about that. It's obviously called um, Street Fight Sonata. What is behind that name? Like, what, like, how did you guys sort of, you know, come up with it, and what's sort of the the influence or the background story to it?
3: It, it literally is just one day we were we were spitballing um, around um, ideas, and this was one that really stuck to me because and um, and it it sort of came to like. Be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it, that thing. We actually thought when we initially started writing this album, which is almost three years ago, um, that it was going to be a breeze. Like, we have the material. We're going to just, like, breeze through this album. And then it turned out to be one of the most difficult children we, <laughs> we've ever had to to go through. And it was a process. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty much the Street Fight Sonata comes from. We, we wanted to mesh showing growth like how much the music has, grow, has grown and um yeah so a bit of culture now to this uh, madness that is the violin but um to try and keep, still keep it uh fresh since every now and then we do enjoy a old scrap there outside bohemia at night <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, listen, guys, with 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 you guys having released this album, you know, would you guys say in 2020, it's something that has been profitable to release an album? I, I ask this because you'll find that the majority of people within the past few years have sort of just been releasing either singles or they release like EPs, something that people can consume, you know, rather quickly or something that is easily accessible. Um, and an album, you know, an album carries so much weight. There's so much that goes on, you know, that that goes to it and goes along with the album release, with touring and all of that there. Would you guys say this is something that's been profitable, releasing um, this album? <coughs> <laughs> oh no, South Africa,
3: South Africa. Like,
1: no. South Africa, you, you you record an album you release it and hopefully hopefully the launch and all that cost like cover covers the cost of the album yeah but still for for me and I don't know for some of the boys it's 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 a hobby that if it pays it's nice if it doesn't pay then it's a nice hobby no
3: yeah, but you need to do it that's the biggest thing for me as like Versus, I, I know, and I, I've, I've read up about, a lot about it, like how people are consuming this. But for me, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just stupid, or maybe I'm just old school like that. But I want an album, a physical top to bottom experience. Yeah. And I think um, that's the reason why we pushed for it. And it took this long because financially it is a dog show to release an album. Yeah. I would not recommend it if there's younger listeners at the moment and thinking of recording an album. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but but you still gotta do it like if you're not gonna do it who is yeah. and um that's that's the mentality that i have over it but yeah um to answer your question financially it's a dog show but i'm very glad that we did it and now it's out there and uh, people can continue seeing that we continue our body of work how would you
0: say so how I would, might add, yo, 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 please bro continue yo, please add <laughs>
2: I might add to that, not in a financial way, but profitable when we finished it. All of us. Mostly pucky Peter and Slender, Adrian, Drummer. Uh, they worked on it most of the time. Yeah. Me, I, I think I came in just on serendipity, I think. Yeah. And these guys were very hard on this and there was a lot of blood, sweat, tears, more fluke yeah. all that shit. <laughs> and uh, So for for. For the art kind of vibe but there's a lot of profit in
0: it now that makes a lot of sense bro how would you guys say street fast sonata differs
3: from your previous two albums oh no, i think it's a lot more raw and, and and a lot more um authentic in the sense of the, the the subject matters song to song as well as the experience top to bottom um whereas in previous times i think i wrote a lot um Stories or stuff like that, um, and I'm, I consider myself quite a storyteller. And to do that, ways in this this experience now, it's stuff that we actually went through. This is all um, songs written from the heart. Mm. Everything has got a story behind it. I wish I could take you through every single song, and um, you'd have quite a laugh to see where most of the stuff is coming from. But um, yeah, so I think this one definitely a lot more authentic. And a lot more, it came out a lot more raw than we initially anticipated. And I'm I'm very, very glad about that. You
0: you know, one thing that the listeners may may not know is that you guys postponed, you know, the release of this album because it was missing the X factor. What is this X factor that it was missing?
3: uh, When you you listen to something and it's like turning on a car's engine for the first time and you get that little curl in the side of your mouth, And the hair sort of the back of your neck you start standing out where everyone knows yeah yeah that's that's it that's it and i was missing that and i think it was literally just because there was something missing sound wise and we weren't happy with what we delivered in the studio that initial couple of times and it took a long time for us to fix it in my opinion and um some of the other guys might differ with me but this whole experience has just taught me one thing. is like, I will never again make an album the way we did it this time, ever. <laughs> so it was an expensive um, lesson to learn, but I promised the rest of the guys that never again will it be a struggle like this. This time, I'll go back to what I know and we'll, we'll, we'll do ample amount of planning and make sure everything is 100% dialed before heading into studio.
0: Mm. I think one of one of the incredible achievements, you know, when it comes to, to this album is the fact that you guys t- toured Europe, you know. So so, how was that experience? Where in Europe did you guys actually play?
3: Sure, where, where didn't we play? The most of the circuit revolved around uh, the Netherlands and Germany. And mm. we played a couple of dates in Belgium. Yeah, So we, we pretty much played top to bottom throughout almost venues similar size to what we play in South Africa. Yeah. And with the exception of a couple of bigger venues and bigger clubs. And both of the times we, we went in winter, which is their music scene works in, in seasons. There's a, a festival season and there's an off season. Yeah. Now the off music season is where m- clubs actually book bands. Uh-huh. That's where you get seen. For, in, w- when it's festival times, clubs don't book bands because why on earth am I going to come and spend money? watch a club when i can literally take the bus and go to something like prickle pop or lowlands festival and see system of a down and billy eilish in once in one day and so all the local bands pretty much just work in the winter times and that depending on how successful your circuit is there is pretty much dictate your festival slot like I'm how where you're going to be placed in the festival lineup. And it was absolutely amazing since people can see that it's, and it's not just us touring this bands. We hooked up a couple of times, a band from England, bands from the States that on the same bill as us. And it's literally everyone's there with the same goal. It's like, we're coming here. We're going to slay it. We're going to try and get festival slots or get a record label to come and notice you. And it was absolutely incredible. And the people really do come out and support. We had, so many South Africans in their springbok jerseys just pitch up because yeah. they saw on the post they'd said, Tavalin, South Africa. And they were like, I yes. oh, we don't care who this band is. We're going to come and watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we
2: were also like, they saw so awesome there. So we, we also met some South African guys there. Uh, John and then met them the year before. And these guys were like, no, bro, you guys are not going to go and sleep in a hotel or something and pay for that. Come, I've got to like like a band practice room. Yeah. Nice. And uh, yo, they, they bought us beers and all that shit. And, and then we went on and eventually we slept there with no charts and stuff. So the, the people awesome. they eventually, or the guys from South Africa that comes and supports and stuff. And uh, yo, that scene is just, I loved it. That was my first time last, what, last year, right? Yeah. Year before 2019. Yeah,
3: 2019.
2: That was my first year. And uh, you, did we party, but ain't not. Yeah. I, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think I'm still bubbling roots. it, That's the biggest thing. Is like the reason why we can't uh, actually tell you specific venues is talking to the two people who just sit drinking in the back. (laughs) It's me and Emil. At that time, Rudolf hasn't hasn't gone with us. So my 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 apologies. You'll have to ask Peter there the the exact (laughs) venues that we played. I just I just remember the highlights. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the low lights. <laughs> and our best one, cowboy and Indiana. Cowboy and Indiana in Germany, definitely. If anybody goes to Hamburg, they need to go check out that place. Sven and the guy is doing an awesome job.
0: Tell me, tell me something. As as beer aficionados, um, would you guys say the beer in Germany is better than yeah? I don't drink beer, but I just want to get from a professional's perspective: South African beer or German? I
2: love beer. <laughs> and, uh, yo, I I actually, yo, I heard you swear earlier, so I actually fucked myself this one day. And I'm like, yo, give us some beers there, man. So, so Peter's main rule for me and Picky mostly yeah. was when you get to the venue, please just get your gear in the place and set up and then you drink beer. Obviously, me and John ran first at the bar. So this, I, I can't remember. I think it was Moonshine. Yeah. Uh, by the moonshine, I'm like fuck this. I'm baba lass, I just need a beer, man. I just need to s- just clear my head. And it's after a four-hour drive or something. Yeah. But what I didn't realize is that this beer is like ten or eleven percent or something. Yeah. So I clapped three quickly. Yo, my brood, and I fall around in that place. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, their is better. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, I'm, I mean, but like some of the beers that they, that we drank there are older than our country. So if they've been doing it that long, I think it's just a matter of practice. I I support local. I do enjoy my local beer, but yeah, I think just, the reason why they are better is because they've had a lot more practice.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: dude, the way the way the way you said yes, I love beer, dude. It has so much passion in it, bro. Like <laughs> it shines through, dude. Like it's it's incredible. Um, when when we look at when you look at everything,
1: You have an idea. It's not. What what time is it now? It's eleven thirty in South Africa. Mill is sitting with a beer. Dude. <laughs> <He's alcoholic. laughs> just just, just say. I think It is the
3: weekend. Come on, Come on. We've been working hard all week.
0: I think we need to send you guys a, a pack of Durban Poison because you guys are beer fans. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. Right. that sounds great. <laughs> I will never say no.
0: <laughs> okay guys so just jumping back into the tour um you guys also basically toured you know south africa um so so tell me a bit more about that which cities did you guys actually hit and i hope that you guys included durban because fuck no one ever comes to durban anymore
3: it's the only only kind of one that look we've we've played this country plot in the in the 10 years like 10 years that we've been actually going. But um, I think the wonderful part now is like, Emil and, and Rudolf hasn't really done extensive touring and now we get to do that all over again. But Durban is the one city that we've always missed. Wow. Um, for some reason, I just I, don't, I think there's a couple of reasons. Mostly it was just costing, because we would get it and we would only, what was it called, the Winston with book yeah. us? Yeah. Um, I think it was called the Winston.
0: Yeah, it is,
3: um, it is. They would book us, but then the costing would always, when we when we would sit down, it would be really keen. But when we worked out the casting, then it was like, um, to do that, we have to do it in the weekend. If we do Durban, then we have to do another date on on the Friday or Saturday, on the Saturday or Sunday, again in Joburg. And we could never find another venue close by there to justify it. I've always wanted to come. I've been strapped a couple of times, but literally, it was going up as well. The same thing. It's like it's just that the the costing worked out too much for us. Whereas that's usually the time why we skipped. Um, Durban. look, it's it's far, and especially if you have to bring your own PA, and and lug that around. Like we don't we didn't have big buckies or anything like that. So we were pretty much renting or begging or borrowing or stealing our way across the country. So yeah, that's the to answer your question. That's the only reason why we've we've never done Durban, yeah. and the rest we pretty much covered. And then Northern Cape we haven't done extensively, but um, Bloemfontein we've done a lot. We've done Johannesburg, um, Pretoria a couple of times. We went to Opi three times. Oh, so and Cape Town, and Cape Town obviously like yeah, you, know, you can ask the people here they know us. They have seen our faces. Well, we've actually lost a couple of flagship venues now, but then gained a couple, and now again. So, if it's in Cape Town, you'll definitely see us. Dude, for <laughs> you.
1: Haven't done it yet. Make, it, an, it, make it happen. Join us there,
3: man. Like we'll, we'll definitely come, uh, especially now since I think we're all, all but older as well. We want to see the rest of the country that we haven't seen. So, pitch it to us, and uh, we'll take it
2: from there. Make a plan, out uh, uh, like some curry, a vegetable
0: curry, or I'm going masala. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sick guys. We'll see to it that that's done. Because, I mean, we need to have Duval in here in, in Durban, bro. I feel like, you know, you guys would, would really be appreciated this side. And it's refreshing, dude. Like, we see the same bands all the time. So it would really be refreshing to see you guys come through. And uh, obviously with, the, you know, going back to the album as well, you guys did face, you know, a couple of challenges with that. Um, we basically member changes and all that. So tell me a bit more about that. Go as deep as you can. You know, was there, the people want to know, was there like bad blood there? Is that the reason why some of the people left or was it all in good terms? Why did the people leave? You know, if you can, you know, dive into that.
3: You know, uh, the the biggest swap that we did is um, Office, obviously that left. Okay, but are we talking about just this album? Because prior to the start of this album, yeah. Thomas left, um, who was our previous lead guitar player. He left uh, to pursue a, he's a flight electronic engineer. Ooh. And he's doing very, very well. And he and his goal was settling down. And he pretty much saw everything he wanted to see in the South African music scene. If I can put it that way, we we left on gorgeous terms. And then uh, our, our previous bass player, Mr. Ashley Hilton, just left. He had a bit of a uh, a personal issue, I guess. Like he just left. Yeah. And so we were too short, and it was just me and Adrian and Peter, and Office, which is a good friend of mine. Adrian stepped in to do it with us. But um, I think I, I made the mistake of picking friends over like talent. Yeah. Not to say that he wasn't talented, but like I think it's predominantly we had too many good times and not enough sitting and actually playing. Yeah. And I think after after the first European tour, Office also took a. A stage back, him and his girl got um, serious, and um, yeah, we 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 left on relatively good terms. We still mates to this day. And and then then um, it was the big thing: Are we gonna lo- like, are we gonna stop this project? Has it run its course? Perhaps. And then Peter said to me, "I don't think it's run its course." I didn't feel like it. it had run its course, and uh, the next thing you know, we got Emil involved and Rulov involved, and Bob's your uncle. We're back. Now the Bobby full steam. No, no, no we're full steam back into it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it definitely was a couple of uh, rough years, especially myself. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fine Blue Mickey, despite the the hard exterior and gruff voice and yeah, horrible language. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it uh, did uh, affect me a lot more than I actually go or let, let it through at that time. So, you know, if, if anyone's at their office, thank you for your contribution to the album. Bye-bye, Donkey," And uh, to everyone that's actually played with us over the years, bye, Donkey for all your effort. and um, Thank you for helping the project get to where it now is.
1: Yeah. You know what? I on, that, on that note, I, yeah. just, I just want to mention how many members was part of the violin over the past 10 years, because it's been 10 years now. Yeah. So... Go ahead, Yes. so really? Are going to do this to me now? Okay. <laughs> so
3: it's it's been Ruan, run run left. Ruan played bass. Ruan got swapped by Brandon Bell. Brandon Bell played for us uh, for two years. Uh, Justin Hoskin played for us for two years. Then uh, the two of us came, two of us went out. Uh, Ashley Hilton came in. Our drummer got replaced, which was Victor, which now plays for Sunset Sweatshop. Um Victor went out, it was placed by Andre, Andre went to China, Andre was replaced by Adrian, Adrian uh, in office is in on bass guitar again. Um, and then the last of the swaps, which is uh, Emil in and Rudolf I think never gonna fucking
1: stop <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's,
2: Yo, that's there's been a lot
3: of
0: <laughs> a lot of names, bro. A lot of names
3: and, and every single time it feels like, are oh, we going to call it. Like, is it, is it that done? And then it's like, no, there's, there's still so much we want to do. There's still so much we're going to write. And then to me, it's just the biggest thing is just stopping. I can't think of everyth- anything, else, anything worse that I would want to wish on any of my friends and their projects than stopping or calling it quits. Yeah. So it's out of sheer tenacity <laughs> that we are still here. Yeah. Or stupidity, one or the other. I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys,
0: we we, we almost we almost at the end, you know. Sometimes you don't want to drag it too long, but you guys are so interesting. And I think one of the things you know that stands out to me is just the chemistry between the three of you. You know, obviously it's not the whole band that's here, <laughs> but I I've just been really enjoying talking to, to the three of you, and I think that's just testament to, to, to the general positive vibes that you guys have. So I think the fact that you guys are the people in the band right now. You know, it's it's destiny. I feel like you guys are the people to 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 take the into to the next level. You know, so shout out, shout out to you guys for that.
2: And you know, what's the funny part about it.
3: <laughs> the three
2: of us sitting here, grouped up together in the same. Down town, eh? Yeah, yeah. We're in the Girls so we are the Kaila here sitting here. <laughs> you know, Originals, man.
0: <laughs> hey, that is beautiful, man. Like, tell me, tell me about the pandemic, guys. How did that affect the band? Um, you know, did did it add more sort of hardships? You know, some people have been saying, you know, that come through to the show, they've been saying, you know, bro, the lockdown has been a blessing for them because they've had to adapt and change their way and go online and everything. You know, how has it sort of affected Duvalin as a band?
2: Well, if I might say, on affecting the violin, the album. <laughs> yeah. So that is the worst part of it. But we, we stayed close together. We had a lot of contact. We were probably Biggie Scallum also and got together and yeah.
3: had,
2: <laughs> had a few beers, especially me and Picky. Genre. And, uh, but I, I really don't know how to explain on how it affected the violin itself. But I know on the album, it also put us back a lot. Mm. The thing is, if you're not together, it, it's not going to help. So, we didn't take that step of, of actually trying to write new material. So, we started working on the album, trying to get that fixed and trying to get funds and stuff to get the recordings done. And, yeah, uh, uh, so it wasn't heavy affected for me myself. I don't know about genre and, and Rudolph, but yeah, at, at least it's probably almost done now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it, it, we, we leaned on each other a lot. Rilof um, and, and Emil carried my ass um, a couple of months where um, I had, had no income and uh, they helped me out. So I'm very, very thankful for that. It's because we love you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm very, very thankful for that. So they carried my fat ass through um, a couple of months of lockdown, which is very, very, it's always nice to know. And um, it, it brought us together. Like we, we, we've seen one another a lot and I'm just looking forward. We finally got everyone now to where we know the repertoire really, really well. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Now, and we're playing a couple of shows again. We've got book just actually news just in at the end of this month. We're playing in Stellenbosch again. Nice. Um, for everyone that wants to come and check us out. And um, it's going to be at Antlus on the 28th. And we're just going to take it from string to string. We start writing the next album, I think, in a month's time. Yeah. Um, there's some ideas that I've got in my old noodle that I would like to express, and let, let's just take it from there. But first, I think we're just going to promote the hell out of this album, try and see if we can get some festival slots for 2022, mm. and take it from there. And touring again in 2022. That's right.
0: Hey, this is beautiful, guys. Thank you, actually, yeah, for, hitting us, for hitting us with that update. You know, we, we now know you guys have an album that you're working on. Uh, you guys are going to be playing Stellies soon. or at the end of the month. So I'm super stoked. And I think all the listeners are stoked as well. So, you know, my last question for you guys is your relationship with uh, Divo being your manager. How has that sort of experience been for you? What value has he added to the band? And, yeah.
2: Man, I, I, I think I'm, I'm out of words, actually, mm. on how good he actually is. Yeah. And yes, he knows what he's doing, and, and this was the best choice that I I think
1: we all could agree to say that this is the best choice we have made. I, I was really I was the one that was skeptical because you you're gonna pay this money to somebody and with PR and marketing, you never know, you can't really measure what somebody's gonna do. Yeah. And uh they just told me like this guy is the real deal. I was skeptical and I saw that first week, that guy just pulled all the rabbits out of one hat yeah. <laughs> and one hat they pulled multiple rabbits like a whole colony <laughs> out of that hat that is it's really amazing seeing what he does for, for bands and he, he breaks his back he really if there's yeah. anything you can do he will do it for you and he really he just goes the extra mile not the extra mile he goes the extra journey he goes overseas and around the world bro. I, that guy's really i'm really impressed with the with these service.
0: I think I think the I think those thanks, Devo, in it, guys. Yeah, yeah. I think the most incredible part is that he's doing this with like multiple bands. Of which, I don't know, I, I don't know if yeah. he, like, multiplies himself into, like, 10 people secretly, but it's fucking incredible. So, it's, it's really cool <laughs> to hear. To
3: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's incredible You gave to his hear. game
3: away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I gave away his secret. Um, it's really cool, though, to hear that you guys have a good, you know, relationship. He's obviously... Um, I obviously wanna wanna thank you know you guys as well for, for coming through to the show. As I said in the beginning, I really appreciate you know us having this conversation. Wanna thank Divo as well for for arranging it and enabling for this to happen. And yeah, guys, basically we're gonna be closing out right now. And uh, before we close out, I want you guys to give me your favorite song um in, in, in Street Fight Sonata so we can play out with that one before we give people your handles and whatnot.
2: That is just for me. Oh I still wrote that if it was on so, the But that refs in that thing is so awesome. So I would definitely
3: say Foundation so. guy. Right. Okay, so we're we all, all all on different vibes, because I think Triggered is the song
1: that's the banger. <laughs> Let's go with Triggered. We can go
3: okay, we go with Triggered if that's all right. I
0: agree. All right. All right. It sounds sick. Like, I think the fact that you guys are so divided. Just shows how good this album is like every every song is, <laughs> <laughs> every song is a gem on there so we're going to play out with triggered and before we, we we cue into that there just give people your handles and just parting words for, for the people
3: okay everybody listening to this i need you to go look into the mirror, smack yourself on the ass look at yourself and go yeah it's beautiful thank you for listening and stay awesome keep on being rock and roll we'll see you at the next show where possible you can follow us at the violin band on facebook on instagram at the violin band official and on youtube it's at the violin band you can't miss it you'll see my beautiful blue eyes peeking over to you uh keep supporting the band and uh, we've got some shirts for sale please buy a t-shirt it helps pay the bills and uh and it's awesome shirts as well and on Spotify, please check us out. That's very, very important. Go check out Street Fight Sonata. Stream it. Play it for your girlfriend, your mama, your auntie, and, uh, and your and nephew. <laughs> and on iTunes as well. All right. Please, please, please. Add the violin band, Street Fight Sonata, and muah, we'll see you at the next show.
2: Please don't play for your mother because he's definitely going to strip and run down the road. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. I think that's a perfect point, uh, point to close out ads. We are Sludge at Sludge Underground on absolutely everything. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, at Sludge Underground Podcast. Until next time, enjoy. It's triggered by Duvalin. It's bye for now.